you're listening to the Bearded Theologians podcast, hosted by Zach Bechtold and Matt Franks. If you'd like to learn more about the Bearded Theologians, you can go online at beardedtheologians.com, where we have past podcasts, blogs, and a couple items for sale. So check us out, beardedtheologians.com. Thank you for listening, and enjoy this week's show. You're listening to the Bearded Theologians podcast hosted by Matt Franks and Zach Bechtold. So um, for the season of Lent, we're going to do, um, we're going to kind of have some fun a little bit, at least fun for us, because we're going to kind of, we're just going to have fun with this. Okay. We're going to have fun with this. I don't care what you say, Zach. We're going to have fun with this. I didn't say we weren't going to have fun. I know, but you, you <laughs> scoffed at uh, just the no, idea. Uh, but um, what we're going to do is you know, we recognize that sometimes scripture gets taken out of context and, and it gets used to maybe portray a, one particular point without looking at the larger context within, within which the scripture resides. And so during the season of Lent, we're going to look at some of those verses, some of those famous verses, um, you know, like uh, Jeremiah 29, 11 and, and uh, 1 Timothy 4, 12, and, and probably a few others that we could definitely throw out there. And, and if you've got any, uh, those of you who are listening, please let us, email us, let us know. Uh, we would be glad to, to, to talk about those things. But as we think about these uh, scriptures, um, you know, Zach and I have um, a love for scripture and love reading it and love having conversation over it. Um, and so, you know, we're, we're taking this, um, seriously, but we definitely want to have some fun with it as we think about this, as we think about these scriptures and how they've been used or are used or could be used. And, and so Zach, as you, um, today, we're going to kick off, uh, this series with first Timothy four twelve. Um, you and I are both from youth ministry, and this is one that we both have put on t-shirts, uh, in our past. And so Zach, um, unpack the verse, but then just kind of, you know, unpack it as you think about it and how it's been used out of context. Yeah, certainly. And it's, it's one of those things where we're trying to figure out, right, bring it all into the full context of what it is. And, you know, like Matt said, we've, we've put this verse on t-shirts and we've certainly walked through, uh, certain, uh, stores with signs and seen on social media, really pretty, uh, verses, but, but it's one. And they sound great until you begin to dig into the thing and be like, oh, there's more here to it. And that's, that's what we want to do. And so what I want to do, I want to remind you what 1 Timothy 4.12 is and, and talk about it a little bit. And then we'll give you the full, the full reading that surrounds it, right? Just because what are we doing if we're going to say, hey, don't cherry pick <laughs> and then not give you the fullness of it. So um, the one verse, uh, uh, 1 Timothy 4, chapter uh, chapter four, verse 12. Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young. Instead, set an example for the believers through your speech, behavior, love, faith, and being sexually pure. And as Matt said, this is certainly one that's used in youth ministry all the time. And usually um, it's used in the, well, young people, take up your banner, do all the things. Don't let uh, the older folks tell you you can't do uh, anything, right? They have to listen to you because you're young. And uh, Paul gives us the permission uh, to do that. The, uh, and, and, and be believers through your speech, your behavior, your love, your faith. And this is typically the one that gets highlighted quite a bit in youth ministry. Um, be sexually pure. If you're going to do this and have a voice, you got to do these things, young people. And so, but it's what's interesting is Paul is writing 
to Timothy, a young guy that he's sent out to help lead. And, and Matt, why don't you bring us into the fullness of what old Paul's trying to get at with, with young Timothy here? Well, I would, I would push back with you and say this isn't Paul. This is actually one of his disciples that wrote this. Attributed this to Paul. I agree. This is I not agree. one of the ones that I, I don't ever say this is Paul. I always say this is a disciple of Paul. Agreed. Um, I'm in that camp. And so uh, please go ahead and send us I'm, notes proving me wrong for those of you that are listening. I'm, and, I'm not not in that camp. I'm with you, but <laughs> for the sake of what we're doing today, yes. <laughs> um, I think the writer here, um, I, and and I said it be, in the beginning, and, and Zach definitely hit on it. Um, we have to look at the larger. Uh, we have to look at the larger spectrum in which this one verse falls. Um, I know for both of us as youth, former youth ministers, uh, youth ministry and recovery, um, we um, have um, definitely used this verse, but. Um, I would almost suspect that both Zach and I definitely didn't talk about sexual pure, sexual, sexual, sexually pure, because, well, one, you know, the teenage boys are giggling and snorkeling at what that may mean. And then the other is we didn't really want to have that conversation in our young 20s trying to deal with teenagers and we just pass it off on their parents. I mean, and, and that's what happens. I'm, I'm not going to be lying. I mean, I think in most contexts, that's usually what happens with this verse is that it, that first part of the verse um, is used. Don't look down upon uh, you because you are young and just leave it at that. Or they say, don't look down upon you because you're young, but set an example. And then they leave it at that. Mm-hmm. And I think the the struggle with that is that the author here has more words after that to really understand. And the author really ends this section on focus on working your verse 16, focus on working on your own development and on what you teach. If you do this, you will save yourself and those who hear you. The author here is definitely pointing towards a larger picture of um, being not only just faithful in what you do, be an example, but you do need to work on your own development and, and work on your development and not anybody, and, and people will see that in what you do. Well, and, and that's the thing, that's this whole section here. It's, it's spiritual leadership is what does it take to be a leader? And we just spent a whole mess of weeks on discipleship, right? In, in building up, uh, building up our faith and our practices through that. And that's, that's what this is. Go do the work, go and be active in your faith and in your development and see what happens. Uh, the authority will come along with that as you're a young leader. And, and I think that's important. Like Matt said, the verses after, I'm just going to read the whole, whole little section here. It's, uh, chapter four, a verse like seven and a half through, uh, 16, train yourself for a holy life. While physical training has some value, training in the holy living is useful for everyone. It has promised for the life now and the life to come. This saying is reliable and deserves complete acceptance. We work and struggle for this hope. Uh, we work and struggle for this. Our hope is set on the living God who is savior of all people, especially those who believe. Command these things. Teach them. Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young. Instead, set an example for believers through your speech, behavior, love, faith, and being sexually pure. Until I arrive, pay attention to the public reading, preaching, and teaching. Don't neglect the spiritual gift in you that has given, that was given through prophecy when the elders laid hands on you. Practice these things and live by them so that your progress will be visible to all. Focus on working on your own development and on what you teach. If you do this, you will save yourself and those who hear you. And so that's really robust. And, it, and it's more than just being, it's more than just, hey, find your voice, 
when you're young, right? There, there's so much there and what it is for us to be really to move towards holy perfection, right? To, to build up uh, our faith and come closer to God and come closer to others. And I love, I love, I love that it points out, go and listen. Your voice isn't the only one. Go and hear the people who are around you and um, build upon that. And I think that that's where, like, we think about these verses and, and we, we all need to be careful, all of us, even, mm-hmm. you know, those of us that uh, say we try not to do this, we do it um, mm-hmm. and, and understand the context and what we're trying to use when we use the verses. And, you know, scripture is probably, um, is, is definitely a dangerous weapon if we, you know, if we use it uh, or wield that kind of power. We, we all, you know, hopefully you understand that scripture has caused a lot of pain over the years and uh, the interpretation of that has, as people interpret scripture um, has caused a lot of pain. And, and I definitely want to give space for that and say that, you know, we have to be careful with these things, um, have to be careful as we interpret scripture and understand um, really the larger picture of whatever writers writing and, you know, that there are some, there's some stuff that just doesn't work. And, and, and in this particular scripture, that's not necessarily the case. I, I think the call to healthy leadership is vital for all of us to hear. I think this section would, you know, this definitely preaches. I mean, this is one I, this is be a preach, what I call a preachable verse, because I think there's things that we can learn from it and things we can use to grow from it. And so, um, you know, I, I, I value this verse. This is one that I've definitely leaned into, you know, I've definitely put it on t-shirts. I've definitely, but I, I did it. And, and I remember the first time I did it with the youth group, we talked about the larger picture of this verse because I wanted them to understand it. it's not just about having a verse on your shirt. It's about understanding where the verse comes from and really what the verse is saying on a larger scale versus just the one verse uh, that we read. Well, and I think that's the thing, right? Uh, one, of, one, it's my pet peeve that if we're going to preach, let's use the fullness of it. We have the time to unpack things. Um, but if we're just putting, if we're just putting one verse out there, cause it sounds pretty and ignoring everything else around it, that's when we begin to get in trouble, right? That's when we begin to miss the bigger picture. Um, and we'll, we'll touch on some of those verses that, uh, traditionally that happens with quite a bit, uh, later on throughout Lent. But like Matt said, this one, this one isn't one of those. It has been used and it has harmed. And it has been left without the fullness of the context in a lot of places, but there's a fullness and a vibrance to it and a robustness. I, I just can't, I can't get past robust. I mean, just when we look at these things in the bigger picture, it's, there's a lot there. And I think we do ourselves um, as just people digging into our faith. Uh, for those of us who are preaching, uh, we do our congregations and communities a disservice if we don't look into the fullness of of scripture, um, especially when we're preaching and teaching, if we're just using it to get our point across, I think we've misused our, our power, our voice and, uh, the scripture that's before us. Agreed. There you go. (laughs) So I'm like you, I want to know, I want to know from our listeners, what, uh, if there's anything they want us to tackle, uh, this Lenten season or beyond in, in these regards. So if you have those, put them, send them to us on Facebook, on the social media pages. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. I mean, cause we really only have one other one picked. 
uh, that we really want to talk about. So we'd love don't to have some show material. too much behind the curtain. So that way we don't, I mean, you know, obviously we'll more likely talk about Jeremiah 29 11 because if we don't, then this whole series is out, the, you know, is irrelevant because, right. you know, by yeah, God, Lord, had, God had a plan for us to have this podcast to talk yeah, about right. that particular scripture. Um, right. I digress in saying that we really want to hear from you. And so let us know, uh, connect with us online through our social media. You can do it on our website. Uh, you know, however you send a message, you can even email us at beardedtheologians at gmail.com. So that way we can, you know, connect with you. Um, we want to encourage you to go to our website. We have some really great content for Lent. And, and even you can go back three years when we did the 40 days of beardedness and we did a look at the Psalms and we had a conversation on the Psalms. We did that five years ago. I thought it was three years ago. That was five years ago. Holy crap. We're old. Um, but encourage you to go to our website and check out all of our great content and, um, you know, just drop us a line, give us, give us the stars and the thumbs up. So that way we can get, um, what we do out there uh, for the world to see and hear, um, you know, and so don't forget to check us out. So for the bearded theologians, I'm Matt Franks, uh, Zach Bechtold. Thanks for checking us out. I want you to subscribe and like this video and put that thumbs, push that thumbs up. Thank you for listening to the Bearded Theologians podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share on all social media outlets. You can check out old episodes and more information at beardedtheologians.com. Thanks for checking us out.